Benjamin Franklin Gates, you are undertaking the duty of the family Gates to find the most spectacular treasure in history. I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. Boom! Shakalaka! Turn up! Welcome back, you guys. Thank you very much for joining us with yours truly, Swadik Mayanja and Mumbari Makaya. And this is the Millennial Classics. And on this podcast, we talk about the best and most memorable movies, music, and culture-changing events from our generation. Mumbari Makaya, how you doing this fine morning? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So uh, why don't you tell the folks, Mumbari? This is a big day. The holidays are around the corner. Talk to me, Mumbari. What is a classic and why is it a classic? Well, in true July 4th American spirit, we're doing National Treasure, the OG. The OG, um, Nicolas Cage. Nicolas yes. Cage. It's, this is our Independence Day. Um, <laughs> this is uh, honestly one of, the, one of the greatest just sit down and catch a movie yes. and just relax and just ride it out movie of all time and uh yeah we're doing it we're getting in there Mumbari, i'm gonna pull some more i know it's bright and early 10 a.m in the morning for those who are listening and don't understand this is early for us but Mumbari, it just can't be just because it's the fourth of july give me a real reason why is the national treasure a millennial classic give me a reason burry give me a reason <laughs> All right. If you really want me to do this, I think Nick Cage here is honestly, this might be one of the greatest works an actor's done. This is like Dennis Rodman in 98. You're insane. You're insane. You're insane. This is his last, like, this is his last big thing. And I'm here for it. I love it. Um, so I'm not going to disagree with you with this being his last big thing. Okay. When we talk about the cast and where people are now, I'm excited to see, to talk about what Nicolas Cage is up to today. But, um, why I agree to doing national treasure, uh, and why I think this movie is special is because this movie has a special place in my heart, right? I'm an immigrant. I moved to America when I was six years old, right? So everything in America was new to me. When I went to school, all of that stuff, the American history, all of that stuff was new to me. When this movie dropped in November of 2004, this was the first time I was like, I kind of am excited for American history. I am kind of proud to be living and learning about American history. National treasure changed my perspective on history. And when you were growing up after watching National Treasure, I was like, history, knowing your roots is important. And this movie is all about the founding fathers. It gives you hints. It talks about all of these cool, badass shit, um, um, fun facts about how America is America today. And that's why I think National Treasure is a goddamn millennial classic. It shines a light on the good things. Right now in 2020, everyone is mad and protesting and thinking America is the worst place in the history of the world and we're trying to make it a better place. But this movie just says America is great and there's gold at the end of the goddamn rainbow. It's a millennial classic. It's so a goddamn millennial classic. Do you see this movie in theaters? 
No. Because <laughs> <laughs> neither did I, and I'm pretty sure the movie I saw instead was the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Oh, Jesus, Lord <laughs> mercy. If you could go back in time, would you change your decision? Or, or did you like it at the time? I, I remember being really hyped about the SpongeBob movie when I was a kid. It came out the same weekend. And uh, I definitely saw I definitely saw this. But this is a classic DVD. You got this in the DVD. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, like, uh, and like the thing, when, you, when you're sitting down on the couch, and I, I haven't done this in a long time, so I know when people say things like this, it's crazy, but if this movie was just on the television, if you went over to a friend's house, yes, and you sat on TNT. Down, yeah, and it's just on the TV, and this is something that everyone else is watching, you have no complaints. Zero complaints, yeah. right? Zero complaints. There are a couple of parts of this movie where it gets a little slow, but this is one of those movies where you just sit down, it's on, Nicolas Cage is being crazy, he has this crazy uh, a crew of actors with him, um, actors and actresses. I love this movie. Yeah. Um, so let's jump into the time machine and let me tell you what was going on back in November of 2004. Uh, quick history lesson here. George W. Bush uh, was reelected as the president of the United States. Halo 2 uh, dropped for the Xbox. Let Me Love You, a single by Mario, was the number one song on billboards in 2005, the year after. But it the goddamn out. classic. Goddamn classic is right. Um, World of Warcraft, uh, a role-playing video game, was released for the very first time. I think this is crazy. I really thought World of Warcraft was older. I didn't know that. Is it still around? I'm pretty sure it's, do people still, I think it's still around, bro. I think it might be. It might be, but it's definitely not as big. After, what's the game, uh, the shooting game? Um, not Final Fantasy. The shooting game where you drop out of the sky. Fortnite? Fortnite. Once Fortnite came, World of Warcraft was gone, bro. World of Warcraft was gone. <laughs> After Fortnite, bro. Um, but, Rob, before I get, uh, pass the mic off to Mumbury, the movies that were out during this time, the movies that National Treasure was uh, competing with at the time, was Meet the Fockers that came out in December. Uh, That's a great after. movie. Fantastic movie. The Polar Express that came out the same month um, in November of 2004. And Ocean's 12 were the three biggest movies that came out uh, when... Damn, I think I saw Ocean's 12. In theaters? In theaters. Yeah. Wait, Ocean's 12 is definitely a rated R movie. Um, the first rated R movie I saw was... Uh, and to the ma- no, 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 the Matrix, the second Matrix movie. And I think the I was, second. what, 12? You can still go in with your parents, bro. Oh, 100%. I know you can go in with your parents. And you can also, and you can also sneak in like we did a million fucking times. <laughs> 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 we did a million fucking times. But, Mumbury, uh, take it away. Uh, talk to me. How was this movie made? Uh, give me some details about the director, Rotten Tomatoes, reviews, critics, grant, uh, um, Oscars. If this is an Oscar winning movie, uh, talk to me. No, <laughs> no Oscars, but I'll, I'll give you this. It was, it was actually a hit, um, hundred million dollar budget. So it's not like a, one of those mid budget or small budget movies. This is a big budget movie. Um, $35 million opening, opened at number one, was number one for three weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, ended up grossing like 170 in the U.S. about, and then like 350 worldwide. But the Rotten Tomatoes is what really surprised me. Do you want to guess what the Rotten Tomatoes was? Look, uh, so this is, I think, National Treasure uh, was Nicolas Cage's peak, right? Uh, and I'm going to guess, because... They, 
Nicolas Cage was a big star in the late 90s. So I'm going to guess that people were super hype and then very happy when they were walking out of the Rotten Tomatoes. So I'm going to guess like an 83%. So it's actually about half that. It's 40, oh 46, goodness. which surprised me so much because I thought critics would be like, it's like, yeah, it's a silly movie, but it's just enjoy the ride. And they were just yeah. like, this movie is so batshit crazy that it doesn't even make sense. And, um, but I have, to, I have to say that I think that works with it being like the ability to rewatch it over and over. Yes. Because it doesn't make sense, but you just go with it. And it, it makes less and less sense the more time goes by. Yes. Um, but I still love it. And I think the key thing here is Nicolas Cage carries this. And it's just the best part about it. Okay. Yeah. So I think Nicolas Cage by the, is runaway favorite with this. Um, when we can't get to a favorite, uh, what's it called? MVP. MVP. We'll talk about the details about that because I have some nitpicks about <laughs> Cage and, and the whole situation. Um, but before we get there, I am very surprised about that 40%. Yeah, I was too. Because it had, a, it had a sequel, which also did well, obviously not as well. And they were, thought, and they were talking about a third, right? So, I, remember, you wouldn't happen to have the audiences. I, you know how they have like audience score versus Rotten Tomatoes score? Because this movie is such a good time. It is like, I can't imagine someone sitting in the movie theater and leaving upset. A critic, I can understand saying the plot doesn't make, it is too many plot holes. This character didn't make sense. I get that from a critic's standpoint, but from a fan, just a movie goer standpoint, this is a, out of the park, knocked it out of the park. This movie is fantastic. 76% on That's what score. I'm talking about. I said 83, 84, right? Uh, 10 points off, but like I'm telling you, exactly. I, I believe it. I believe it. So let's jump into the movie, Mumbari. Do you have a list of scenes uh, set up for your favorite scene? Yeah. Give me the I, rundown. Give me I the have, options. So I actually realized that my list is really front loaded because I guess I enjoyed the first half of the movie way more. No, Mulberry. Everyone enjoyed the first half. <laughs> Everyone enjoyed the first half of the movie way more, right? The gimmick gets old really quick, right? It just gets old, right? Yeah. I mean, and by the, the second movie, it, it, it's dead. <laughs> I have the Charlotte um, snow scene where they like the music's playing. Oh, the music in this is just so good. But yes, yes, um, yes. the ship and the I have opening scene, but it's not the opening scene. No. So I'll talk about that opening scene later. Then the, the scene where he's saying we're going to steal the Declaration of Independence. The heist, they do the heist like overview thing with Riley talking over and they kind of describe how hard it's going to be. Yeah, Always a great scene in any movie. Mm-hmm. Really like, I mean, that's classic like Ocean's when George Clooney's talking about like, oh, we can't get into the Bellagio or something like that. <laughs> Same deal. Same deal. Um, Bellagio. The actual theft, great. Like, it literally turns into a heist movie and it really picks up. Car chase, I can leave. I mean, two vans chasing each other, <laughs> it might be the worst car chase of all time. That's including the like Mike scooter scene. <laughs> and then the sounds do good montage, right? Where they're like, this is when the FBI gets involved. FBI yeah. ransacking his place. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, the bad guys, Sean Bean is looking at, he's solving the silence, do good stuff at the same time. 
And then they're at the dad's place talking about San Sugan. And it, it all, the editing in that one montage looks so good. Yes. And it just keeps it moving. Because it's a name. Okay, I got it. When ben Franklin was only 15 years old. He secretly wrote 14 letters to his brother's newspaper pretending to be a middle-aged widow named Silence Dugan. These letters were written by Benjamin Franklin. I really like that. And John Ford's face when he flips the Declaration of Independence is hilarious. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Um, he is a great, uh, uh, the great dad, like grumpy, yeah. this is bullshit guy <laughs> in this movie. I, I, I love him in the movie. I love him. He, he casts it perfectly. He casts it perfectly. And then the last scene is the final treasure reveal because uh, music plays, it zooms, uh, zooms out, the flames go by. They do that whole like... One if by land, two if by sea, yeah. bullshit, and then send <laughs> Ian. Yeah, yeah. They go into the the treasure room that's just in Philly. No, if Philly had a treasure room, we would never hear that. That's a really good point because Philly is just, I'm sorry to say for those who are from Philly, but it's. No, they, you, they know it, bro. You know, they know. They hang on, they hang on the cheesesteaks. Like. <laughs> <laughs> the cheesesteak, that's the claim to goddamn fame. Look, look listen, um, were you not at all like, thrilled, excited by the fact that he dove from a deck of the goddamn, like, what's it called? Like one of those- Maybe I've just seen too many Tom Cruise (laughs) Yeah, Mission Impossible movies. That wasn't impressive to you. Could you, do you think you could do that? I think I could. You would be scared, but you think you could like do it? I could make the jump. The thing I couldn't do is hold my breath until someone comes and finds me. That's the tricky part. But I might pass out when I hit the bottom, but (laughs) (laughs) I could make the jump. Who can't make the jump is the question, right? If you're in a wheelchair, you can make the jump. (laughs) (laughs) No, but um, no. So I, I thought that would be one of the options. It's definitely not my favorite scene, but for the for a movie where it, it, it always seems like they're building the action, but the action never gets to the point where it's like real action. And that car chase scene was like the closest thing you got to real action, but it was bullshit. It was actual bullshit. Your favorite scene? My favorite scene is the heist. Yeah. The, so we're going to talk quite a bit about this Declaration of Independent Heist, and I do want to start from... It's literally the, the catch line of the movie. We're going to steal the Declaration of Independence. Exactly. Exactly. And for those uh, of you have, that have been listening and paying attention or watching our YouTube videos, and you've noticed our intro has the Declaration of Independence stealing voiceover as the first clip in our goddamn intro. And you're like, Q, you guys haven't talked about National Treasure yet. 
it's because uh, <coughs> this is a rerun. This is a rerun for us. But don't worry. It's special because it's 4th of July, okay? We're doing it special for you. I, I, think it, I, I think anyone who watches this movie, that is the best scene. And I did cheat. I did cheat, Mumbari, because I know you have it split up in two, but it's the Declaration of Independence scene. It's a Declaration of Independence scene. I like to combine them together. So let's talk about from the, from the point where he says, when he's standing there, um, yeah. until when, when they- I mean, they literally go to that building. They go to the Library of Congress, I think. Yeah. Which to just get plans to steal it. And it's like public domain for some reason. And then, exactly. And then they, um, they, but, but before we even get there, Mambari, that scene when they go yeah. to the office to like legit ask her, that was like a legitimately funny scene. It's, 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 they play it so well. A treasure map? That's where we lost the FBI. You're treasure hunters, aren't you? We're more like treasure protectors. They really do lead, they, there are times when they, they actually like show how ridiculous exactly. the plot exactly. of the movie is and it, it's good. Those are the best parts. I, I love the comedic uh, timing with it and a huge part of the comedic timing is Riley. It's fantastic. Yeah. Mom, that, the scene where uh, Nicolas Cage is literally standing and looking at the Declaration of Independence um, and he says that quote. Of all the words written here about freedom, there's a line that's at the heart of all the others. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and provide new guards for their future security. People don't talk that way anymore. It's a perfect, like, it gets you so hyped. He's basically saying, if you can do something, even though it's illegal, you have to do it and you got to fight the bad guys. And it's in, it's literally in the Declaration of Independence. It's, it's a great scene. It gets you so hyped. And then uh, Riley's like, but we can't do it. It's impossible. <laughs> yeah, you do that same shit too, bro. <laughs> oh, 100%. 100%, my buddy. Uh, and that's where the ridiculousness of this movie really starts to skyrocket. <laughs> bro. Riley takes a full half-day field trip, right? They go to get lunch. They go to the library. They, pull, they check out books, right? They have a full old, like a full situation, all the entire day dedicated to, oh, this is the reason we cannot seal the Declaration of Independence. The only thing um, Benjamin says, I'm going to start calling him Ben instead of Nicolas Cage, um, uh, Benjamin Franklin Gates, by the way, Insane name. Insane name. Ben Dave just... (laughs) (laughs) It's ridiculousness, right? But uh, uh, all Ben says, after a full, literally a full day of Riley explaining why we can't do this, is, but there's a gala. And he's like, oh, shit, you're right. There's a gala. There's a gala, bro. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, they decided they could get the gala. And the gizmos and gadgets... Remember, like, who's who you lying to? You're right. Everybody loves that. that oh, this is what we Yeah, have. and then the bad guys just start stacking C4 together. And you're like, <laughs> what are you doing with that? What are you doing with that in the middle of DC? 
Right? The only scene where they go over to the bad guy is literally the dude pulling out a thing of C4 and putting it on the table. He's like, we're ready. Ben, you're doing great. That just explains everything that they're doing. Um, what was, so, so we both have the heist as our favorite scene. I know, but before we move on, remember, like real talk, even though the bad guys just come with the C4, how ridiculous, how insane is Ben and Riley's plan? I, think I mean, the amount of things that needed to go better. right for that to work is insane. Yeah. No, first off, Abigail Chase, she needs to wash her hands more. <laughs> In this day and age... <laughs> If someone gives you some shit, I don't even know, like hours, that must have been hours, right? Yes. And then hours later, you're typing something and that shit just shows right back up. Right. And, and bro, it's not just hours later. She's at work in her regular work clothes. She obviously gets changed in that yeah, full on she, gown for the she day. She showers without washing her hands. Without washing your hands. Right. The, I mean, the, the leaps <laughs> in logic you have to take to believe this heist. Is I don't know. Man, it's, yeah. It's insane. Um, but at that dinner, at that thing, I love Again, I, I, you're right. Nicholas Cage carries this fucking movie. I want to fight against it, but it, you can't. You can't. You literally can't. When he does that treason toast. Dude, there's, that, there's one line where he goes like super weird, Nicholas Cage. <laughs> and it's like, and, and it's, uh, it's like the precursor to where his career is going to go. Yeah. It's literally like some foreshadowing where it's like, oh, this dude's going to go off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> Had we lost the war, they would have been hanged beheaded, drawn and quartered. It, oh, oh, my personal favorite. Had their entrails cut out and burned. <laughs> yeah. So, here's to the men who did what was considered wrong in order to do what they knew was right. What they knew was right. And it's literally like, he's like spent the whole movie acting normal and then like a piece of it just pops out when he's like, and my personal favorite. <laughs> get their entrails and then you're just like whoa, whoa dude, this dude is what's going on yeah right so he's talking about treason he's like they wring their necks and burn them i'm like whoa <laughs> relax bro people are at a dinner right yeah. now you, you you look kind of crazy you look high treason high treason um but that toast is beautiful and it is a callback to the actual quote um and um from the declaration of independence saying if you you, you got to do some bad shit if what the people in power are doing is worse. Yeah. Um, but but I, yeah, I, we, I love that toast. I think that toast is fantastic. And again, after the toast, he grabs her glass and he does some more sci-fi bullshit with the club. Yeah. It's like, you really have to be like, you know what? Not only do I think he was a Navy diamond salesman, he must have been a microbiologist in his second life. This dude is a CSI, his third life. You have to believe a whole lot of bullshit to think this actual plan made. And her, her, her password for the declaration room is literally like, uh, 
our IG password for our, 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 our IG page. I mean, put some numbers in that motherfucker. Put some special characters. Put something. God, I, at least capitalize one, one of the word. One word. I mean, one. yo, I can't even set up a Gmail without it asking for a number. And a, exactly. This motherfucker. This motherfucker. I mean, we talk a lot about the heist. I just want to stress that, like, my number two is the Charlotte scene, and it's like it's almost just as good because it you has. You mean the everything. first boat scene? It has the action. It has the. the it really sets the tone. Mm. Um, Sean Bean and them working together—it's honestly great. Like when they're working together in that, and then when they're looking at the map at the end of the movie, uh, you almost want to do like a buddy buddy movie with those two. You mean but, Riley and Ben, not Sean. No, Sean not, Bean. <laughs> Sean stop. Bean. Wait, what are you fucking talking about? Are you, you, you really think that's going to work? I think, I think uh, a dude that is willing to do the dirty work and an idealistic dude together would be a dope movie. But, oh, that's dope. I, mean, but, I think uh, that's training day, right? Isn't that the whole thing? Yeah, except, yeah, without, except not dirty cops. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I hear you. No, I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. But... Um, uh, that would be a dope movie, I guess, but... I really like their dynamic um, as a bad guy. It's kind of iffy. He's pretty much a Disney bad guy. He's a Disney bad guy. And I was about to say that just because I really but, did like that scene as well. But the, the flip from, oh my goodness, we're best buddies and I'm helping you fund this treasure hunt yeah. to I'm willing to kill you is too soon. They wouldn't... <laughs> No, first off, every every treasure movie does this where the bad guy or the guy fronting the bill is always like, wait, I thought we were just going to solve the treasure on the first hit. And the guy's <laughs> like, nah. And then they're like, all right, dude, I have to kill you. That's what always happens in all these treasure movies. Every single time. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And the, uh, the crazy thing is it's like it, throughout the entire movie, uh, 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 Sean Bean never gets the the clue, but he always figures it out just by googling it. Just or, by... or a bus goes by, and exactly. Like, oh, that's it. Oh, that's the answer. Like, is it? Are you guys being serious? Like, yeah. we they literally stole the Declaration of Independence, and you figured it out just by going online. Yeah. Worse like scene. No, no, no. Worse we gotta scene. talk about worse scene. Worse scene first. So this is kind of tough. You tell me. Because I had either the intro the, with the kid. Mm. Shitty intro. Um, the, thing, the thing with this is, it's like, I feel like this is like a Disney trope where it's like a flashback with the person as a kid. It might not be Disney. It might just be a general yeah. trope where it's like a flashback with the kid to start the movie. And then it, it kind of informs who the person is later. Yes. Um, I'm just not a fan. Just not a fan. I mean, and Christopher Plummer does like the whole Knights Templar history, but this shit isn't the Da Vinci Code. This shit isn't like, like no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a family friendly movie. I don't care. But... Stop! Wait, Lombardi, stop! Wait, 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 wait. At the end of the movie, what is it? Like six billion dollars? Eight billion? Wait, what did he say? I think it was he like said ten billion. Ten billion dollars. So someone cares, okay? No, I'm saying like the audience doesn't really care. Oh yeah, they don't really know what this treasure shit. is. Yeah, he could have just said there's a pile of cash at the end of the, <laughs> and everyone would be like, "Word, we get right. it." Exactly. Um, so it's either that or this. 
I mean, I'm, sounds like I'm shitting on Philly. But uh, it sounds like you are. Or maybe you actually <laughs> the <whole> are. <laughs> the whole Liberty Bell bullshit. Yeah. Um, and the shadow. That's just the, I mean, that's like they get the feeling and they're like, all right, we need to have a clue here. What are we going to do? Exactly. Oh, we'll do the shadow of the sun because, I mean, what is going on there? It has it, to it, land in a, a brick. It's the worst. It's the worst. It's the worst. Like, don't these buildings get rest, like restored? Renovated like, all the Renovated, time. exactly. It, it, yeah, no, the brick was by far my worst scene, right? Because the intro scene, for you to say that the intro is the worst, it, like, it actually has to be bad. It wasn't horrible. No. It was just, it's just the you part don't I give skip. a shit. Exactly. You'd rather skip it. But the, uh, the, the Philly scene with, with the brick and like, getting the glasses, that was actually bad. It was yeah. actually about, it was like, can we just skip this because it just. And yo, this dude just finds, dude, if I go to get glasses at LensCrafters, first off, I got to try 15 different pairs to fit <laughs> my face. This dude just snags a pair behind bricks that are from 1800s when people are like 5'2 and this shit just fits his face perfectly. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. It fits perfectly. Perfectly. Um, to everyone who tries it on. Everyone who tries it on, it fits. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that note, too. Because <laughs> it literally is a shape-shifting glasses made in 1800 with the color shades. No, ben right? Franklin, it's, bro. It was like, you remember when 3D first started? It would be red and blue. Oh, with the with the with the paper glasses. With the paper shit glasses. That's <laughs> yeah. exactly Get shit what in I your think. cereal box. Um, but before, so I think um, the uh, the Philly scene is definitely uh, the last clue. The glasses clue was definitely the worst scene. But talking about the intro, I know we I mentioned this last time, but I have to tell you again, Maburi, the fact that in that carriage ride over, he wanted to give the note over to fucking the president of the United States of America and the bellboy. Instead of saying, you know what? Give it to the secretary of state. Give it to the fucking, give it to someone who's going to give it to the president. No, you keep it. The bellboy, you keep the message I meant to give to the fucking president. It makes no, Burry, it makes no sense. It makes zero sense. Zero sense. Makes no sense. Makes no sense. Um, but yeah, so that's the worst scene. Let's talk about the cast, okay? The cast. MVP. Can we even argue? Is uh, there a question? No, there's no argument here. It's Nicolas Cage. Um, this is, so this is post-peak Nicolas Cage. Post-peak. Post-peak. So, <laughs> post-peak. Because this is, I mean. So is, what do you think his Nicolas peak is? Con Air? He was the biggest action star in the world for about three, four years. Mm. And he did The Rock, Con Air, Face Off. Yep. Even Gone in 60 Seconds is a classic. Gone in 60 Seconds, I don't know about a classic, but it's a great movie. But it's a mad good movie. It's a fantastic movie. Uh, But but the thing is, so the movies that I can remember thoroughly, like, like, not from start to finish, but I can remember the actual movie is just Con Air and National Treasure. I know that's weird to say. The Rock with Alcatraz and Sean Connery. I can't remember that movie, but are there any signs of weirdness in the other? Because I feel like Con Air, he was legit an action star and you didn't see any of Con Air, his southern accent was was so bad. It was like... (laughs) (laughs) What would my daughter think of me if I left you like this to get disarmed and die? 
he like was writing to his girl and he was like, I, oh my God, I don't, I'm not even going to try it because it's so bad. It was like Forrest Gump in Louisiana. I'll add some bullshit clips in because I, I believe you. Nicholas Cage doesn't sound like he could do it. <laughs> Bro, he can't, he can't do a fucking um, accent. Um, um, but, but no, look, listen, I know Nicholas Cage is, right? I wrote down on this and then underscore with an asterisk next to this, um, Justin Bartha. I yeah, think Justin Bartha. Bartha. I, yeah, Justin Bartha, who plays Riley Poole, who's the geeky nerd that's with um, uh, Benjamin yeah. uh, Ben the entire time. I think he does such a good job because... I said he was really funny in this. He's, he's, he's really good. funny, number one. He's, he's, he sets the, the screens. He's a good guy. He's like a utility player. Exactly. He's a utility screens. player. And he's the audience in the movie. Like, he's thinking what we're thinking yeah. all the time. And by the way, as him thinking what the audience is thinking... I really did get sick and tired of um, Ben in the movie cutting people off and finishing their sentences. We get it. You smart. You know your history. But stop being a dick. (laughs) Stop being a fucking dick. Like, just let the person finish. (laughs) I'm not going to let you finish right now. Um, Um, This is so. So the thing is, I wrote this is no one's peak. This movie is no one's peak. But Justin. you don't you think, think it's Justin just, speak? No, nah, I think Hangover. I think he's Doug from Hangover for the for the rest of time. I really do. Oh yeah, no. Be, whoa, whoa, wait, wait. Time out, time out. Is Hangover? Hangover is definitely a bigger movie than National Treasure. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah, no. So, so so then Hangover is his peak. Yeah, you're right. But this is as close to his peak. Like you yeah. know how it's a valley, right? So this is like the the tips of each. You know, it's like. Yeah. <laughs> It was National Treasure, shit, and then the Hangover. So, but I really, I had, I had Justin as the peak because no one else. This is no one else's peak. You're right. This is um, Sean Bean's great. Um, it's like a great Disney bad guy because I mean, like, even you think he so? has to, he can't kill anyone, so he can't be like, he can't be like menacing. So it's, I think it's a tough, tough place to be because, like, even when she's in the truck with him. He, he's not like, go over there, grab that shit and toss her out the door. He's like, oh, what do you have here? <laughs> yeah, and yeah, like, no, I know. And like, why don't you just hand that over? And he's <laughs> like, what are you talking about, bro? You just tasered three people to get it. What are you not going to taser one more? Wait, um, uh, before that, in that scene, if you are Ben and Riley, if you know that Abigail has the fake, fake copy, yeah, this, do you bro. stop? Do you <laughs> Like it only puts her in more copy. danger because now they think that she has a real one. Because exactly. I was saying the same thing. If they just drove off, they would have taken the thing forcefully. Obviously, she might get pushed to the ground and then they would have found out that it was fake. I feel like the whole that entire car chase is it's nonsensical. And it just it's just it's and it's just shit. It's just and shit. also what she was drawing so much attention to herself, trying to solve a mystery. Security! Security! It's a real Karen move over there because, I mean, (laughs) what are you doing? If there's a high... Yo, I have no stake. Take the declaration, give it back, do whatever, but I'm not going to 
speedo hero trying to stop a heist. If someone's willing to steal the Declaration of Independence, I don't think they'd be afraid to just put a bullet right in between your eyes, okay? So start screaming in the middle of the street. White, white women are fucking wild. Karen, you're right. That's a fantastic Karen moment. Um, With all that Um, being said, you just said... Go ahead. Oh, no, keep going. Uh, You just said that Sean Bean is a good... Bad actor? I don't want to no, spoil... No, good, bad guy. I mean, good, bad guy, but I don't want to spoil my worst, my LVP, but I have Sean Bean as LVP? my LVP. He's my LVP. I, no, I just think it's a hard place to be. He can't... He's he's menacing. He does stuff that's bad guy-ish. Like, if anyone comes out of here besides me, well, use your imagination. Oh, okay, yes. Like, he does that stuff, but that's as far as you can go in a Disney movie. You can't be like, he has to leave him down there because obviously you can't just shoot him. He has to like do all this stuff because it's a family movie. But I think he's like, it's fine. I mean, he goes to jail. He, he's resourceful. He always shows up. The whole thing about him just always just showing up to Google or Yahoo or whatever they use is, is kind of iffy. But I think he's, it's a, it, he has the hardest job of being like a bad guy. See, now you, now you have me second guessing my LVP. Wait, I said no me. obvious LVP. Oh, okay. Okay. So good. Thank God. Thank God you said that. Now I feel, you know, I feel good about saying that Sean is the actual LVP. And let me give my reason for picking him as the LVP. Okay. Just because after you talking about the fact that it has to be a family movie, is it PG or PG 13? Do you know? Um, it is. I believe it's PG-13. Yeah, I think PG-13. the only thing that's PG now is like animation movies. Okay, wait. Uh, so now I'm going to give an even less credit. But I, he's just so monotoned. You, like, it, there is no, especially from the beginning where he switches from, oh, we're buddy-buddy and now I'm going to kill you in the boat in the fucking snow. Like, is no one back at the base going to ask where the fuck is the historian that you drove off with in the middle of Antarctica? Like, yeah. so, like, so there's just, there's just a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense when it comes to Sean Bean, especially when he just uses Google when other people need to actually steal the actual fucking declaration of independence. But even with all that being said, even with all that being said, I feel like he's not putting enough muster into it. Do you yeah, remember? Did you, you be like more like flamboyant and exactly when we were talking about what's the name, Chris Waltz in um, the rundown? No, that wasn't yeah, Chris. Christopher Walken. Walkins in the uh, Walkins yeah, in the rundown. You, think you should be more cartoony. Yeah, if you're going to be a Disney cartoony bad guy, be a Disney cartoony bad guy. Like that okay. fucking creep in 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 like Mike, right? The the foster parent. Be <laughs> crazy, right? Like if you're yeah. gonna be crazy, be crazy. And if you're not I, gonna be that crazy, that could be a good angle though. If you like, he was the only guy who would listen because he's also crazy. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but okay. I, just, I can see it. So I can see. I can see him being LVP. That's why I have him as my LVP. And if it wasn't him, it was going to be Abigail. But I think she did a good enough. Yeah, that's job. a tough role because it really there's is. almost no reason for her to be there. Actually, yeah. there is no reason for her. To there's be there. no reason out like. As soon as they steal the Declaration of Independence, that's where she's supposed to end. They just needs to be a love interest, right? Um, and, yeah. Exactly. 2020 rallies the love interest, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I have to, talk, I have to do, I have to do uh, 
because we kind of skipped over MVP, I have a little bit more to talk about Nick, Nick Cage because we keep oh, on talking. Oh, sorry. Yes, yes, yes. I was talking about fucking Justin. Yeah. Go ahead. Talk about Nick Cage. Let's go back and talk about Nick I Cage. I talked about him being Dennis Rodman earlier. And I think that's a really good comparison because this dude. <laughs> Mumbury patting himself in the back. Are we? Is anyone surprised? <laughs> is anyone surprised? Because <laughs> everyone thinks Dennis Rodman's a weird dude. And he yes. might be. And he actually is. But, <laughs> but. If you look at like the the movies and the teams that harness Dennis Rodman's strengths, and this is one of those. This is that's why I said the Bulls in '98 because it's one of the last last times that Nick Cage is harnessed in the right way. There's literally something about this where it almost it can only be him. There's there's a scene. It's in the Charlotte one where he undoes the scroll. F- and it's this is honestly like it, it, it's a masterclass. This shit is like he undoes, <laughs> he undoes wait, 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 slow down, slow down. This okay, is at the go, Charlotte scene. Okay, at talk the Charlotte scene. He undoes the scroll. Okay. And he starts talking to himself. He like removes his gloves, talks to himself, and it's like he's saying wild shit and the music's playing. And the camera zooming in just a little bit. And it's the most interesting part of the movie. Like, I know there's bombs going off. And I know <laughs> they're spending, like, millions of dollars with chase scenes and stuff. But this, it's like, it makes no sense. But it's like, that's the magic of the movie. Those scenes where he just carries it. And it's like, I mean, he says this thing, like, the iron does not describe the pen it describes what was penned. And it's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, listen, but listen. it's still like, it, that keeps the movie going. And it's like, he, he's the Dennis Rodman. He is. The iron does not describe the ink in the pen. It describes what was penned. It was iron. It was firm. It was mineral. No, no, no. It was... It was firm, it was adamant, it was resolved. It was resolved. Mr. Matlack can't offend. Timothy Matlack was the official scribe of the Continental Congress, calligrapher, not writer, and to make sure he could not offend the map, it was put on the back of a resolution that he transcribed, a resolution that 55 men signed. The Declaration of Independence. It's a perfect comparison. You're right, Mumbury. You're right, okay? So when you look at Dennis Rodman, you say, yeah, he has the talent to be a professional athlete, but he doesn't have the mindset or the work ethic to be a professional athlete. You can't be a professional athlete and go to Vegas in the middle of the finals, right? It's just not something you are allowed to do, except if you're Dennis Rodman. You look at Nicolas Cage and you're like, I guess he can act, but can he really? And that scene, you're right, that scene is when you're like, only, not any actor or actress could do it, only a crazy psycho like Nicolas Cage can do a scene where he's talking about the description of pens and medals. So yes, I think it is a perfect comparison. Good for you. I had no idea where you were going, but I'm on the choo-choo train of Dennis Robin and Nicolas Cage being compared. Uh, um, if, he's your, he, if he's your MVP and he should be your MVP, 
Of course. I mean, it doesn't make, yes, he carries this movie and not only this movie, he carries this entire national treasure thing into the second. And I said, I mean, the closest comparison is probably Da Vinci Code. It's like the R-rated version of this. And Tom Hanks, like, better actor, but doesn't do it as well. Doesn't do that, like, clue thing as well as, as well as Nick Cage does. No. But, uh, so those are almost all the characters, except I have Harvey Keitel as the friendly FBI agent. Yeah. Um, not a great character because he's just, I mean, I guess it's like the Disney, like the family friendly FBI agent, but he's just like, somebody's got to go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right? What is this dude? This dude, I would take this dude off the case immediately. Immediately, bro. Immediately. Look, I love it. No, but it's, up until like the end where he like turns his fucking ring and I'm like, Jesus Christ, just, just kill me, bro. Like at the end of the movie when he's like, I'm part of the, what's what, what is that clan called? I'm part of the Masons uh, or the, the, base, the Masons. Yeah. The Knights or whatever. I'm like this, you, you're killing me. You, you're fucking killing me. But um, in the beginning where <clears throat> After the, they seal the Declaration of Independence and he looks at that dude talking and he's like, this ain't the time for ums when he's like, what happened? And then the dude's just like, yeah, uh, we had a, a, a call that told us, uh, a hint um, that said that it was going to get called, it, that the Declaration of Independence was going to get stolen. I think he was fantastic in that scene yeah. because he was just mean enough and he was like, oh, do you think now is a good time to listen? And I'm like, word, word. right? Um, but at the end when he's like, part he's basically like ben's partner in this entire thing and he's like i'm happy you did it you're not going to jail you win and he brings ben's like ben. making demands at the end i was like what is what, this what is going on he brings ben to watch sean get <laughs> he's get, like i want the, i want the i want the <laughs> praise for the heist to go to me the gates family <laughs> And I'm like, well, who are you demanding this shit oh, to? <laughs> you shouldn't be in the back of a squad car. Right, right, what are you bro, talking you about? You stole the declaration of They could that cut that scene and call it white privilege. <laughs> and I, was like, I would. Here's what I want. Dr. Chase gets off completely clean. Not even a little posted on his service record. Okay. Well, I want the, the credit for the fine to go to the entire Gates family with the assistance of Mr. Riley Poole. What about you? I'd really love not to go to prison. I can't even begin to describe how much I would love not to go to prison. Someone's got to go to prison, man. Because that shit is like, <laughs> I mean, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, the dude just got caught. He hands over the declaration. And he's like, first off, she, she's not going to jail. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about, bro? Oh, Barry, I love you. I love you, my Barry. That, yes. Is this how love? White privilege. I mean, if this is how you can talk to the cops after doing not a felony, this is legitimate. No, this treason. is like this yeah, is treason. multiple felonies. It's insane, and he's giving demands. But at the same time, you know, money rules the world, bro. If you find something worth $10 billion, I'd be making fucking demands too. All right. Uh, I'd be making some real goddamn demands. Uh, so I, I said this is no one's pee, but actually the director, John Tolertown. Okay. This is probably his pee because he did National Treasure. This is the only, I've wanted a movie that might be his peak. So you tell me, but it's either... 
he did National Treasure, the sequel. He did The Meg, the okay. shark movie. Okay. And then this is the this is the movie. He did Cool Runnings too. Ooh. So you have to you have to pick if Ooh. if Cool Runnings is his peak or or National Treasure. I think it's National Treasure because he obviously was like given a hundred million dollars to make a movie and then given another sequel. Um, no, it's, so it's, this might be his peak. No, no, no. This is definitely his his peak. Did you watch Meg? I watched the Meg. I watched it twice. It's a funny movie. It's really funny, and like I think it's underrated because it's super funny, and it is one of them crazy. It's not like as intense as Jaws, but like it's intense enough where it keeps you watching, right? Um, but um, that's definitely not the movie. Cool Runnings has a special place in my heart. We have to do it at some point in Millennial Classics. Yeah. Cool Runnings definitely has a special place in my heart, but big picture, 100% national, national treasure. Especially, he, he also directed the, the, the sequel? Uh, of National Treasure? Yeah. yeah. So then, yeah. yeah, no, this is his peak. It's not yeah. even a question. This is his peak. This is definitely um, Yeah, so then I just have a couple of things to... Uh, to like nitpick, talk about real quick, and then we can do the recasting. Perfect. So first things first is um, so we talked about the shadow clue was mad, mad whack. We yes. First off, were there no there were no ebooks scans of the silence do good stuff. <laughs> I mean, what are we talking about here? This is like Ben Franklin's shit. No copies. No one. No one has anything you have to, and then a hundred percent, a hundred with the kid going back and forth and the writing it yeah. down and the seeing it on the school bus and the, it's like, like please, yeah. just someone open up a computer. I know this is a scavenger hunt, a treasure hunt, yeah. but like you know, please, which, which leads directly into the next, the next clue, next point because we, I said, this movie gets more unbelievable the later on it goes and that's just because with a phone fuck it with Alexa you can literally solve half these clues and figure this shit out and it I mean it's impressive that he does it in the in the hold of a ship in the middle of North Atlantic but uh yeah, this movie uh, just sorry. seems insane. <laughs> Listen, please give him a little bit of credit, all right? To their, to their credit, Alexa didn't come out in 2004. I know, I, but Google was out in 2004. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of clicks I mean, the they use Google. They use Google in this movie. <laughs> they, um, I mean, they do. They do. The good guys use Google. The bad guys use Yahoo. Yeah, I, and that's the thing. I, and I think... See, that's the thing with this movie because it's right on that cusp, right? It's, it's live action. It's not animated, right? It's PG-13. It, you know, it has legitimate actors in it and it's right at that edge. But then they want you to believe all the bullshit, right? Yeah. It's at that edge where you want to take it like a legitimate movie where you can look, like you pay attention. And, but if you pay attention, you start, stop, you start hating the, the movie. The director Unless said yeah, the less you pay attention to the movie, the better. Because the clues, and it's just, you're right. Open a computer, a laptop, a Google, whatever. They go to a computer cafe in the movie some, at some point. I can't believe yeah, that. Yeah, they hide out there. <laughs> but, um, the computer cafe. Um, whatever, whatever it is. If they just did that once, a lot of this bullshit would have been like, um, we got the answer. Yeah, and then I have two favorite quotes that oh, it's yes. not even big quotes. It's just like throwaway lines 
that I just I just laughed at when all the bad guys have all the hostages. So now he they have John Voight, they have um, Bartha and Diane Kruger, mm-hmm. and they get a clue, and then Sean Bean's like. Parkington Lane, why would they lead us here and then lead us to another location? And then fucking John Voight, the dad, just from the top rope, just goes, just another clue. (laughs) More clues. And I was like, dude, this is a man that doesn't like to lose any arguments and will hold on to that shit for life because that shit was hilarious. Bro, he, yeah, I love, yes, a hundred percent because he says just another clue in the intro. <laughs> in the intro. Literally 80, 80 minutes prior. This dude has been festering for 30 years, bro. 30 seconds into the movie, he says just another clue and he's back at it right before the treasure reveal. That's a great pickup. There are a couple of lines like that that I chuckled at and laughed at. Um, I really, really like that scene where Riley was like, oh my goodness, you guys don't know the answer. And this yeah, is- Yeah, that's a good scene too. I really like- I, I really like that scene where Riley gets his, uh, you know, you know, the daylight savings thing. The day where he figures out that daylight savings thing. The, the one scene, we keep on going back to the Charlotte scene, but at the end of the Charlotte scene, this shit just made me laugh. Uh-huh. Um, everything's blown up. The bad guys have left them for dead in the north of the Arctic Circle. Right? On some Bear Grylls shit. And then Nicolas Cage just casually just looks around and goes, there's an Inuit village nine mi- miles east of here. And I'm like, what? How do you just drop that? Nine <laughs> miles? You have to walk nine miles in the Arctic Circle. They're just mad. I'd watch that movie. Right? Nick Cage going crazy north of the Arctic Circle trying to find some Inuit village. Look, nine miles north of here, number one, number two, polar bears, ice caps, glaciers. Yeah, no equipment. Nothing. Everything no, was taken. Everything I mean, was... That would be a great movie. Make that movie. <laughs> Follow them trying to find some Inuit village. And they just skip over. It's not they, they, yeah, me- they never mention. Oh, it was a long trudge. Because you know they were drinking their own piss for like <laughs> three days, bro. Because <laughs> they got lost. But listen, if you look up in the Antarctic and it's white everywhere, yeah. freezing balls, you telling me you're just gonna follow north until you get to that Inuit village? Fuck you. Fuck yeah. off. <laughs> Okay. You're going to die out there, boy. The polar bears are going to have you with their Coca-Cola on the side. Get the fuck out of here. The All right, so you want to do... So you, why don't you go first and uh, talk yes. me through your vision. My vision. The- okay. So the thing about uh, the remake is uh, there's no special overarching story. It's the same exact movie, just different cast members. So I, right? I changed the story. I have, I, I went a different way. I changed the story a bit. Papuri, it's, with you, it's never a recast. It's just not a recast. It's all, yo, you always want to add Well, no one juices. wants to see the same movie again. <laughs> So I add some juice. So why do we call it a recast if you don't want to see the same movie? Why don't we just say? It's supposed to be a remake. Uh, I mean, sequel, whatever. Whatever. Call it whatever you want. Okay. Okay. So let me just walk you through mine. Look, first of all, I went right, like, I I just went to the obvious, especially for Benjamin Franklin Gates, Nicolas Cage's part. You need to be quick-witted, right? You need to have a kooky side to you, right? Um, So the two options I had was Robert Downey Jr., 
and Great. Benedict and Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch, both of those people, and I picked them both because they both did Sherlock Holmes and they both did Sherlock Holmes. Oh my God, really, that's a good really well, that's really a good well. Because he right? is like a like a type of Sherlock Holmes. Exactly, it's like super nerdy. They know all these crazy facts that no one else does. It's like they spent their life doing this kind of stuff. I feel like they would do such a good job with that. Um, and then. For, for the Abigail Chase, the Diane, the love interest, you know, the Declaration of Independence lady, I have Amy Adams and I picked Amy Adams. This might be an off kilter pick because I loved her so much. You'd have and to make the role bigger because. Because she is just a bigger star, but yeah. I loved her so much in Arrival. You remember Arrival? Yeah, great movie. I, great movie. And she was so good at just knowing that very specific one, not one dimension, but like that she was like a professor, like a genius at that one, like language, arts, Linguistics, whatever. Linguistics, yeah. Linguistics. Um, and I feel like that would be a great role for Amy Adams. I just don't know. Does Amy Adams have any comedy... Like, I don't even know. I'm what pretty I, sure she was in Taldega Nights. Oh, perfect. Out of perfect. Bobby. As long as she has some juice where they can be some com- uh, comedy, because you need the comedy in this movie. You, you need the comedy to buttress the bullshit you have to deal with, right? And then this was the off-kilter pick. This was my off-kilter pick, okay? Just because I wanted more action, and I've been saying this entire time, I wanted more action from this movie, Lashana Lynch, after she does that new uh, uh, 007 movie, Get some color in there, number one. Number two. Wait, what, who? Lashana Lynch. She's supposed to, you know how people thought she was going to be the female. Oh, I see what you're saying. And Captain Marvel, she was Captain Marvel's friend. Lashana Lynch, she's going to, like, if you've seen the the new 007 trailer, she, like, she's like, welcome as the new 007. And then she walks into the screen and everyone's like, oh my goodness, it's a black lady. We've got to shoot ourselves in the fucking brain because... 007 is a white man. Anyways, I wanted Lasana Lynch's Abigail um, Chase. And if you had to partner them, I would say Robert Downey Jr. with Amy Adams and Cumberbatch with Lasana Lynch. Those would be my pairings. And then the rest of the cast, I didn't do much with. I legitimately Captain Marvel. said- Okay, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I, okay. legit- I legitimately said for Riley's part, for the re- recast- just because he doesn't have that much work right now, just, <laughs> just are you throwing motherfuckers under the bus? <laughs> I said just bring him back because I loved him so much. I liked him so much in this role. He's not doing much right now. He obviously has the time to do it, so I think he should he should get his part back as Riley. But that's my recast. All right, I liked it. I mean, I, I really I think that RDJ. Benedict, that's an inspired pick. I really like that. Mm. I think um, I'd rather have Robert Downey, but I yeah. think he, he would kill it. Uh, 100%. I kind of went a different way. Talk to so me. So this shit's going to be like, because they are making a third one. It was confirmed with, mm. from the writer of Bad Boys 3. Oh, and shit. And they're bringing everyone old back. Oh, the whole uh, crew's and, back. And they're also doing a younger cast for a Disney Plus TV show. Now, I took that younger cast thing I, I kind of you know I let it gestate a little bit and I said let me do a younger cast for Disney Plus but I'll do a movie all, all new all new <laughs> wait can I guess can I guess can I guess no, 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 wait, 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 first wait, off there's no Paul Giamatti I wanted to put him in there but there's no, no, no Paul no, no, Giamatti no, it's not Paul Giamatti can I just guess is, well, it, is, is it set in Texas but what the hell? <laughs> 
no, this is going to be, it's going to turn out that um, when Noah was filling that ark full of animals, he also, he also found a way to stash some gold in that motherfucker. So there's Noah's, Noah's treasure. Okay. So it's, it's almost like a light Christianity vibe, right? Okay. The, um, Jesus is King Kanye is doing the, doing the soundtrack. Congrats. All right. Um, I'm in, bro. I'm in this. The I'm Nick Cage this. character. I've, I also have picked pick two. I picked Miles Teller or okay. da- Daniel Kaluuya because I figured it'd be like Beautiful. a young kind of professor type person. Right? Daniel Kaluuya, that's Get Out, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, I flipped the Riley and uh, Diane Kruger roles. Ooh. So Riley, I made Aquafina. Yes. Right? Because I wanted more comedy, but I also wanted more comedy on the Diane Kruger like the actual whoever they have to pick up along the way. Mm-hmm. So I made that Trevor Noah. Ooh. Right? Whoa. Yeah, I'm fucking, can I'm Trevor Noah real. act? How have we I'm ever sure seen Trevor Noah act? All these comedians can act, bro. Get, Every barely, can bro. Act. Barely. Um, barely. Viola okay. Davis is the FBI agent chasing him. Who's chasing him? Who's the FBI agent? Viola Davis. Oh, that's such a good pick. Um, the bad guy is John Bernthal. He's in everything. He was Punisher in the in the Marvel things. He okay. was in uh, what's a driving movie with the singing and dancing with the baby driver. He's a bad guy, and baby driver. Oh, oh, yes, 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 yes. Um, yes, yes. and then I'm doing. <laughs> I thought you were talking about what's his name, House of Cards guy. What's oh, no, 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 Kevin Spacey. <laughs> Cheat, he'd be cheap. <laughs> he um, would be a great bad guy, though. Look, yeah, listen, he would, he would, he he would be would. a fantastic bad guy for this. Um, and then for the John Voight character, this is this is going to be way more comedic. I have Danny DeVito. Danny, oh shit, yeah, yeah. If your bad guy is that short with a bald, fucking no, 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 no. John Bernthal, no, Danny DeVito is John Voight. He's a dad. Oh, that's awesome. No, wait, that's great. No, 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 that's actually great. That's actually great. Danny DeVito is a great grumpy dad dealing with some fucking treasure hunt bullshit. Yeah. If, if you watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia, that, that's a great pick. That's a fantastic pick. I, I'm behind that trade. Danny DeVito would be a great grumpy dad. I like that. I like that a lot. And you, I, I, you're always sw- sw- switching things up, Mumbari. But I'm there. I'm there. I don't know if you've went to films. I don't know what you're doing, <laughs> but you need to do some sketches. Or some hot, hot, hot picks. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Final statements. It's the 4th of July. Do you have any message for the millennials out there or just anyone listening that needs something to do when they're at home doing nothing with no one because COVID uh, fucking ban is still on uh, during this weekend coming up? Um, yeah, I mean, watch this movie, enjoy yourselves, don't have too much fun. Uh, you don't need to see the second movie unless you're really into Nick Cage. I'll just say that because as ridiculous as this movie is, that movie makes this shit look like, I don't, I don't know. Like this is like, this, compared, to the, compared to the second movie, this shit is National Geographic, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, this, is, this is the history channel. They're giving you the deets, right? Uh, before you guys go, uh, look, 
What other way can you celebrate the greatness of America than going on a treasure hunt in all of the greatest cities in America? You go to Boston. Yes, we will say Philly is a great city, even though Mumbai is a hater. (laughs) Okay. It's a great fucking movie. You want to just laugh. It's the 4th of July. You're going to throw back a couple of beers, maybe have a hot dog and a burger. You don't want anything too serious. Just turn this on, sit back with the people you love, and just giggle. Giggle along all of the bullshit. Enjoy the heist. Listen to Nick Cage. Try to explain how he's going to steal the goddamn Declaration of Independence. I mean, for the longest time, I would watch Independence Day on July 4th. Because yes. it was, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Of course. So if you want to do a double header, I would do Independence Day and National Treasure. Great movies. <laughs> one, one, it's about America, and one's about how the world needs America. You know? <laughs> Can we end in a better way? Listen, ladies and gentlemen, do me a favor. If you're listening to this, go comment, uh, subscribe, leave us a rating. Um, uh, exactly. Like, comment, tell me how you guys felt. Tell us how you guys felt about this movie, and we'll catch you guys next Monday. Deuces.